Hello everybody and welcome to Rosecut's September update on markets. I'm joined by Mike. Uh, Mike, how are you? Hi Dan, how are you? And uh, very good to, to speak to people. Um, this kind of back to school, I suppose, into the start of September and relative, I think, uh, relatively calm environment compared to the last five or six months, but, but still plenty going on. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the first question we've had in from clients, actually, we've had a couple of questions recently on this, is um, what impact will the death of the Queen have on markets? Uh, and our read is it doesn't really have an impact on markets. Uh, markets are driven far more by things like earnings and interest rates, etc. Uh, but I wanted to start with that. I think that's right. I mean, I think in many people's eyes, it will make them focus on the on the idea of a passing of an era and the fact that we're going from one, you know, long phase in history to another one. You know, the event coincides with lots of other things: end of globalization, a more kind of stressed world, etc. And also, I think specifically in the UK, it, it coincides with the uh, change of prime minister and a, a new policy setting and all of the uncertainty that that brings. We're, we're seeing that expressed, obviously, in bond and, and FX markets. Yeah, that's why I, mean, I took three days off of holiday and I came back to find we'd had a change of prime minister and a change of monarchy. It doesn't often happen when I have time off. <laughs> but you mentioned their bonds, uh, and that's a, a good subject to talk about, just because last month we saw some big moves in the bond markets, uh, particularly the government bonds. So. To give you an example, UK 10-year government bonds, the yields on those rose by 100 basis points or 1%. And that's actually quite a big move in a month for bond markets. And it's all linked to what a market thinks about inflation and the prospect of quantitative tightening uh, started in earnest, both in the US and also in the UK as well. That's right. And in a way, I think this, this whole debate has been masked by the headline central bank meetings and raises and rates. So, for example, with the ECB, people have focused a lot on the, the, the 75 bips raise. We're not quite into QT proper in, in the Eurozone, but we're, we're very much on, on the cusp of it in the States. And what, what I find interesting is even though you, you have a sense that some of the inflation data in the US is beginning to come back in and the housing market is beginning to, to weaken, bond deals are still quite high. And liquidity in the bond market is not as plentiful or as good as it was maybe a, up to up to a year ago, and I think a lot of that is prompted by expectations and then the reality of of QT, just that the absence of this extra extra buying. We'll probably see the same across other markets, such as the the mortgage-backed securities market as well. Yeah, that's right. I think we've mentioned in a couple of podcasts before, uh, and I'll repeat it just as a reminder. Quantitative tightening means that the central banks are no longer buying government bonds uh, and indeed mortgage-backed securities in the US. It means that they're letting them mature. Uh, sometimes they may even sell a few uh, just to reduce the size of a central bank's balance sheet. Uh, and that's generally seen as negative for liquidity conditions, i.e. there's less money floating around the system. Uh, so it tends to be a drag on risky assets. At least that's what we saw in 2018. Central banks is a key is something that everyone's focused on still, and everyone's still waiting for this Fed pivot or pause uh, when it comes to interest rates. Uh, this week, I think we've got quite a few news pieces uh, that will give us an idea of what it might be thinking. So US CPI numbers, jobless claims, they're all out uh, this week, which is the third week of September. Uh, so we might get a better idea of what's going on there. 
But pivoting back to the UK again, one of the new measures that's been announced by the uh, new PM is the cap on energy prices. Uh, this is to help out the UK consumer. It's slightly different to what they're doing in Europe, where they're focusing more on rationing energy. Uh, what, are you, what are you hearing about the European energy situation like? The big picture, as far as I'm concerned, is that um, what's happening in Ukraine is forcing reassessment of European and an evolution of European policy in many areas, be it security, um, foreign policy, and now energy policy. And in, in the long term, it's a very good thing. It makes Europe more more resilient. Um, what's interesting is a lot of European countries like Italy and France have strong ties to North African countries and beginning to very rapidly replace gas supplies uh, from Russia with supplies from, from those countries. There is a move also to, uh, to ration in certain European countries like Germany. There's also a, a sense that the companies simply have to stop or to curb production. I think the, the, what, what is happening in Europe is that the EU is now re-examining the structure of its energy market and how electricity prices are set. And they've always been set in a slightly bizarre manner that the highest marginal cost of electricity then became effectively became the, the spot price, which meant that any kind of disruptions in the market became very, very expensive across Europe. That's being re-examined. I, I also think that many of the the extreme stresses on electricity prices in Europe have, have peaked. So that's not to say that when we get to, to winter time, electricity prices won't be high, they will, but they won't be as extreme as we've seen in the last uh, two or three weeks. And then the other interesting thing behind this is that this is all eroding the largest source of demand for Russian energy. So in the long term, Russia will be the clear uh, loser here and will become more economically vulnerable as a result. Yeah, yeah, I saw a chart of uh, European energy prices the other day and it looked like a cryptocurrency during the good times. Yeah. It was going parabolic upwards. Let's uh, let's finish off by returning to the UK and a, a subject we, we don't look at too often or we don't mention too often in this podcast, and that's house prices. Obviously, if the consumer is put under pressure and we have interest rate rises, that, that tends to be negative for house prices. Uh, and it's just interesting to look at some of the home builder stocks here in the UK to get a sort of read of what the market's pricing in. And I was looking at one in particular called Persimmon the other day. Uh, and this is a home builder who has a very strong balance sheet, uh, so little to no debt, and some, lots of cash on that. And the share price is down 50% for the year. So in, in about eight months, the market's priced in uh, what well, looks like a, a pretty dire outlook for UK house prices. And uh, that will have an effect on the uh, UK domestic economy. Yep. Uh, and it's part of why we're seeing such bad um, or negative looking forecasts from the Bank of England. Uh, and it's something to keep an eye on. That, that, that's true. And actually, I mean, it's, the same is true as well if you look at the US housing market and a lot of the Anglo Saxon countries tend to have similar underlying dynamics. And what we're seeing there is the big rise in supply of housing coming on the market. And I, I think in, in both countries as well, prices are quite vulnerable, they're very high. We're seeing rapid interest rate increases for the first time in a long time. So this, I think, is going to be the developing story into 2013 that we've seen, you know, we've seen equities and bonds stressed this year. Next year is the turn of the, the real estate market. Yeah, it tends to lag the other faster moving markets, doesn't it? 
Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and also tends not to bounce back as quickly as well. Yeah. And on that note, uh, I think we will finish for this month. Uh, Mike, I look forward to chatting again next month. Very much so, yeah. Yeah. Plenty to, to, to think about for the next few weeks. Yeah. Thanks for your time. Okay. Thanks then. Thank you.